Welcome to episode five of the Gentleman Podcast, where I'm a realist and someone you can relate to. This episode, we're talking about Malcolm X, a man who had his own mama mentality before Kobe and mama mentality. It was the ballot or the bullet. It was also by any means necessary. Now, a little backstory on Malcolm X that I feel like doesn't get talked about enough and no, not him being Detroit Red and, and going to prison. No, it was by his parent, parents and the fact that they were Garveyites. They were believers in Marcus Garvey who believed in black nationalism. And it's no wonder Malcolm X ended up supporting black nationalism or even had the thought of it. No, his father was killed because of his beliefs and encouraging black people through black nationalism, also preaching and talking about Marcus Garvey because his parents, both of them, mom and dad, were open believers in Marcus Garvey. And to me, it's oftentimes... Your family's past becomes your future. Like Mike helps put in how high. My granddaddy was a pimp. My great granddaddy was a pimp. Which obviously, um, when it's negative, we call them generational curses. But I definitely wouldn't say that about Malcolm X and his parents. And their parents, I would call it, I wouldn't call it a generational curse. I would call it a generational blessing or definitely for the times, generational courage. Malcolm X believed in black nationalism and felt it would save us blacks or what he would say at the time, the so-called Negro in America. We went from, think about this, we went from these ideas of black nationalism Black Panther uh, movement to a crab in the bucket like mentality because only one can be the hottest. Only one can be the greatest. Only one can be the best. Only one (laughs) can have the most drip, you know? And most of us want that. Most of us want that popularity that, uh, what they call it, social social verification, social, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Hmm. Validation. That social, we want social validation. And the other thing is, how can I get rich if you outshining me? You know, it's the game should be sold, not told. And if that last sentence is true and that's how it's supposed to be, I'm glad Malcolm didn't feel that way. Now, one thing I want to get into, um, first and foremost, rest in peace to Kobe. I love Kobe. I learned how to play because of Kobe. I learned the, the, the two dribble 
right shoulder fade away because of Kobe. I learned how to play basketball, so I grew up on Kobe. So rest in peace to him. But also talk about the Gail King, uh, Lisa Leslie interview. Now, some people feel Snoop took it too far. Some people, well, a lot of people agree with him at, at first. I believe, like, Malcolm would believe that certain things has to be met with us, a certain seriousness or hostility in order for it to stop. Like he said, by any means necessary. But I definitely believe men, based off our history, especially black men, should stay away from the B word. That's can't demean women, especially our black women, any more than we definitely have, especially with music. Um, the issue, though, is people were saying, well, it was her job. You know, it's her job to ask those questions. And that's the issue I have. At what point do you throw away your morals and what you believe or your integrity or even just common decency for a job that can kick you to the curb at any point? Just like we say, we were looking for a job when we found this one. I bet you corporate America says something similar. They probably say, I was looking for an employee when I found you or when I hired you, or better yet, a fool. But since I'm talking about Malcolm X, I'll use the infamous metaphor he used to describe people like Oprah and like Gail King. See, you have to understand, some, and this is what he would say from here. See, you have to understand and read and understand slavery. There were two types of Negro. The house Negro and the field Negro. The house Negro lived in his owner's home, dressed well and ate well. He loved his owner as much as the owner loved himself. And he identified with his owner. If the owner got sick, the house Negro would say, are we sick? Massa, we sick? If somebody suggests to the, to the house Negro that he escaped slavery, he would refuse and ask him where could he possibly go? And have a better life than the one he has now. Now the field Negro lived in a shack. Wore raggedy clothes. Ate chitlins. <laughs> he hated his owner. And if the owner house caught fire, the field Negro prayed for wind. If the owner got sick, the field Negro prayed for him to die. If somebody suggested the field Negro that he escaped, he will leave in an instant. And today you still got some of them house Negroes running around here. And I'll leave it at that. But wrapping this up, I will more likely, more than likely, definitely do a part two to this and highlight even more about Malcolm X. Because he was very inf influential to me. And I definitely read the autobiography of Malcolm X. So if you haven't read that, definitely cop that. Uh, but I, I want to leave with a, a, a few quotes by him. Education is the passport to the future. 
for tomorrow belongs to those who prepare for it. If you're not careful, the newspaper will have you hating the people who are being oppressed and loving the people who are doing the oppression. You're not to be so blind with patriotism that you can't face reality. Wrong is wrong no matter who does it or says it. And last, if you have no critics, you'll likely have no success. And those were great words and quotes from Malcolm X. Like I said, black nationalism, I should explain what he felt black nationalism is. But given a summary, and I'll, on the next one, part two, I really actually say word for word what he said. But black nationalism is basically us controlling, one, our politics in our, in our own community. So having a black politician to represent us. Also, black businesses having our own economic infrastructure in place because often that is the real issue. When you're poor, you commit a lot of crimes. You break a lot of laws because you're poor. You got to steal. You got to hustle. You got to sell dope or whatever to try to get by, to try to escape the harsh real, uh, reality of being poor and living in poor neighborhoods and poor health care. So that was the another uh, aspect of black nationalism. Our economic infrastructure, we shouldn't have other minorities or other races controlling the stores in our neighborhood. We should control the stores in our neighborhood. We should have the gas stations and things of that nature in our community. We also should be um, lawyers. We should be represented by our own. Basically in every aspect from politics, definitely with, with mental health, because somebody from your background would definitely understand you more. Economics, housing, everything in our community should be controlled by us, which is basically what Black Wall Street was. And that's what we needed. That's the black nationalism we needed because we need to come together to better ourselves and also to control, to fix the wrongs done to us because nobody else is going to fix it for us. We have to come together and love each other and support each other and make sure we're being done right. We got to support our black men. We got to support our black women. We got to support everybody as a whole and quit dividing ourselves. And this was episode five of the Gentleman Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Next week, next episode, I'm going to do Martin Luther King. But after that one, it'll probably be, it'll more than likely be a Malcolm X part two, because this is part one. Or I'll probably drop both of them at the same time and, and give y'all two episodes in one week. Thank you for tuning in. This was Ray Gentleman, where I'm a realist and someone you can relate to. And I'm out.